You're listening to Phanalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy podcast. In this episode, we are discussing the second episode of Winona Earp, Keep the Home Fires Burning. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Annie. And I'm Stephanie. And I guess let's get started with our general thoughts about the episode. What did you think, Chris? I thought in some ways, maybe a lot of ways, this episode felt like the second hour of the premiere. I mean, we meet a couple of new characters who seem like they're going to be important for the rest of the season, or at least around for the rest of the season. And I feel like the the actors and characters are starting to settle into the roles, which is great. I mean, I'm excited about it. I'm I'm enjoying the show. I like the episode. How about you? Yeah, I liked it too. I, I, I agree. It felt like a continuation of the premiere in a lot of ways. So I kind of feel like I'm still waiting to see what the show's going to be like from week to week. I guess maybe we got a little bit in there with the stuff with Killer Mike. Not Killer Mike. Killer <laughs> what? That would have been great if it was Killer Mike and they had to do like a rap battle at the end. <laughs> and a can't kill a G. I seen how I die. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what? Killer Miller. I believe it was. Killer Miller. <laughs> oh. There also be there also be a big pitch for voting for Bernie Sanders at the end if Killer Mike were there. Anyway. <gasps> so He's, he's from Run the Jewels, right? He is from Run the Jewels, and he has does some solar stuff, but mostly recently he's been stumping for, for Bernie Sanders. Anyway, uh-huh. I like Killer Mike. Go, moving on. Killer Miller. <laughs> Annie Killer is so Miller lost right now. And and yeah. uh, that, that stuff is maybe a little taste of what it's going to be like from week to week. But I still feel like it was settling in, giving us some more mythology and, and things like that. But there was some fun stuff. And I actually really like the special effects this sneak this sneak this week <laughs> in regards to uh, Killer Miller. And <laughs> it's gonna be hard all episodes. And I and the music I thought was continuing to be good. And I was already like singing along to the opening credits as I was watching the second episode. So yeah, I'm digging the music a lot. Um, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. And I really still uh, I can't say how much I love Melanie Scorfano in the title role, and her, she's so snarky, and yet I find it so adorable, uh, especially contrasted with dolls, all her quips and sayings, and uh, her sister just kind of doesn't lie to her right along with her, so I really love the, the herb girls fighting side by side together, and Officer Hot, can we please have more Hot for Lee or Hot Wave? I'm, I'm loving how... The internet was coming up with all the ship names. Even as I didn't the hear episode either of those. Yeah, I the didn't first either. one that I heard was Way Hot and, and Heat Wave. Heat wave. Yeah. Okay, yeah. See, I knew I was getting them wrong. I couldn't think of them all as I was <laughs> typing up my notes. I'm all, I know there's like three more that I'm not thinking of, but yeah, Way Hot. I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Officer Hot. I, I rewatched that, that scene where, where they introduced her character, and I'm a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I feel like... Officer Hot needs to work on her game a little bit. She came off a little sleazy to me. Oh, whatever. I liked it. I was vaguely concerned the first time I watched it, because I was just kind of like... Because it felt that way to me, too. But upon rewatch, I felt that way less. And I'm not sure why I felt that way less. But I I think maybe it's just because like the way the scene plays out, she's not actually in behavior sleazy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Because she comes on a little strong. And I'm like, hold on there, Officer Hot. And well, because she has that line about like, I don't like to wait when I see something I want or something like that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Waverly Run, Waverly Run. <laughs> that, that was probably the line with me, too, where I was just kind of like, oh, I'm not so yeah. sure about this. But but then they do. because I mean, the whole scene's like such a standard meet cute kind of thing. 
Okay, what? How did she get stuck in her shirt? I could not I figure that. What, what? What happened? But that's like, why you don't take your shirt off that way. I don't take my shirt off that way. You just pull it over your head. Less problems. She, she was pulling it over her head. No, like from the back. Do you take it off down to your waist? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, without crossing your that's arms. That's how Bo just... takes other people's shirts off. Let's yeah, remember. That's true. <laughs> um, but that's not this show. But maybe your shirt was just too tight. I don't know. Okay, and it was wet, okay. so maybe that just made it more difficult. I don't know. But my point is, like, th- it's such a sort of, like, stereotypical, cliche kind of scene. But, like, it's cute. But the whole thing, she asked Officer Hot to turn around. And so, like, the standard supposed-to-be-cute thing is, like, you know, the guy who turns around. And then, of course, he can't stay turned around, and it's gross. It's supposed to be cute, <laughs> but it's gross to me. It's gross. But yeah. Officer Hot stayed turned around until she was asked to Exactly. Assist. She wasn't being totally gross. And then I was like, okay, Officer Hot, you can stay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm hoping she changes her, her tactics a little bit. Because the whole like, oh, boys are gross. I used to do that. That was terrible. That's like, not oh, quite how she said no. that, But <laughs> it was like. <laughs> oh, Stephanie. It was like cute, awkward flirting. and Exactly. I thought it was fine. <laughs> I just like her little swagger as she gives her that look before she puts the cowgirl hat on. I'm like, yeah, that would have hooked me in. And he doesn't care because there are dimples now. More dimples. There are lots of dimples on this show. There's the gay <laughs> on the show, or implied gay, and I'm like, yay. So, you know. <laughs> and he's a poet, but did you know it? <laughs> but I, t- I don't get any people flirting towards me, you know? So if anybody did that, it'd probably take me... Somebody hitting me over the head to say, yes, I'm flirting with you. It would have to be that blatant, you know? So, so you approve mind. of Officer Hot's style of flirting because that's the only kind you would recognize as flirting? Probably, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty dense when it comes to flirting. But we'll, we'll see. My jury's still out on Officer Hot. But she definitely did not deserve the treatment she got from Dolls later in the episode. That was not nice. Yeah, Dolls was, was kind cool. of a jerk this episode. He was. Yeah, it was really disappointing to me because I and I. The thing is, because I continue to like the actor and, and his slow burn intensity, <laughs> Deputy Slow Burn, <laughs> and I. I continue to think that he and Melanie Scrifano are good scene partners together. That's true. But he yeah. was just such a bully and overbearing this episode. It was. It was really tough to like Dolls this week. I know. Was he a bully but- with slow burn intensity, Stephanie? <laughs> I'm never letting you live that down. <laughs> but yeah, that opening club scene. I like the music, but, and of course, I love the crazy chick with a gun, and, you know, why Nona's trying to say, you know, special agent, or whatever she was saying, and she's like, ah, screw it. Nothing like loudly (laughs) declaring your affiliation with a secret organization. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But that's her, you know, and that's, I think, part of the charm she's going to do it her own way. But in the scene before in the car, so Dolls is sending Winona in. Okay, you're my only agent, and apparently one of his best, you know, most valuable assets, because she can actually kill the Revenants. But he sends her in with a wrong gun, and he's like, be discreet, but I'm sending you in with a gun. What? Yeah, he got all mad at her for not being discreet, etc., but it's clear that he hasn't trained her, or, you know, didn't didn't really tell her what to do and it just felt like he was getting mad at her for not doing something correctly even though he didn't tell her how to do it correctly to begin with had a college professor like that she got very upset with us when our papers were not what she wanted which she did not tell us that's what she wanted 
So I feel your pain, Winona. Yes, clear expectations are important. And then what if she had gotten hurt or something and, oh, but I'm going to send you in untrained. And I'm like, what the heck, dolls? And also that, that first club scene just felt a little weird to me. I, I don't quite understand why it was included in the episode. I don't, I don't know. That, that whole thing just was a little odd to me. Though I did like the part where he bit off that woman's finger and was kind of snacking on it. I thought you would have thought that was me. gross. <laughs> well, it reminded me. Do you remember the the flesh eating guy on on Lost Girl? I think his name was Gary. You that guy too, you weirdo. I know. <laughs> oh God! No wonder you liked it. I thought that finger bar was gross. And it I, reminded me of Gary snacking on his own. Oh thumb. God, that's I just, gross. <laughs> I hate Gary. I find it kind of funny. <laughs> Weird. Weirdo. Well, because he was talking about, she was talking about him eating some lady fingers, and that just, I don't know, it made me, <laughs> made me giggle. <laughs> it was nasty. I'll give you that. That was a good line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping we'll get some more character development on dolls. We got a little bit more background information on him, that he was recruited out of the military. Big surprise there. I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> With his non-smiliness. But I want him to be more of a rounded character and soon, because if he's just going to be a bully, kind of know-it-all type to Winona all the time, that's going to get old pretty fast. Yeah, the conflict between them will just get old of, why didn't she tell me? And she's going to go off and do it her own way. And Although the scene where they were both shooting the guns, that was kind of cute, just to see Winona's yeah. expressions to go, oh my flame god. Thrower. A flamethrower would <laughs> be fun. badass. <laughs> <laughs> and then later, Waverly says, can I get a flamethrower? So obviously they think along the same lines. Again, like I like the actor. I, I think some of the scenes with dolls and Winona are good. It's just I don't want him to be a one-note character. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they're setting up this character archetype thing mm-hmm. that will... I. I assume and hope will get fleshed out as the series progresses. And you made the point off mic, Chris, that it's a really common and irritating trend, I think, in kind of cop shows where you have the the rogue detective who gets stuff done by his own rules, but he does it so well that he never gets in trouble. And he's always paired up with like a straight-laced, by-the-rules female partner or as i like to say lady cop yeah lady cop (laughs) and and this is playing with that gender dynamic a bit yes well i did think it was a kind of a hint into dolls's character that i want to see develop more when he said he tried to stop you know that town in new mexico from getting firebombed so you know it's not like he's just straight military guy and doesn't it doesn't have a conscience you know yeah, he says he's like very good at killing bad people, but he clearly was not happy that that happened to the town that got blasted because they realized there were demons. So yeah, I agree. I like that moment. So we talked about being introduced to Officer Hot. The other big character introduction for this episode was the alluded to but unseen big bad from last week. And his name is Bobo, which makes it very difficult for Bobo? me to find him scary. Uh, yeah, and then... You know, they're calling him the boss at first, and then it's later revealed at the end that's who Waverly was talking about, who... Her imaginary friend who wasn't so imaginary and wasn't so much a friend. Exactly. As it turns out. But I keep wanting to say Bubba Yuga from Lost Girl whenever I hear Bobo. See, it just makes me think of Bo from Lost Girl, because that's what Kenzie would call her. I'm like, aw, Kenzie and Bo. Mm, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's an odd name. I don't have an issue with it. I just, <laughs> but I like the scene of, of Winona saying, like, Bobo. Why should I be scared of a guy named Bobo? Because yeah. it's basically what Stephanie said. <laughs> yes. I tweeted that minutes before Winona said it in the episode. 
But from the end of the episode, he he seems to be the ringleader of at least this little group of revenants, and he has a plan, some sort of plan for them to get free. He struck me as a cross between like a evangelical preacher and a William Wallace type. Uh, That's fair. I did like the special effects of the glowy revenant stuff coming out of his back as opposed to his forehead. Mm-hmm. But when does that glowy stuff show up? You know, it seems to kind of show up to identify themselves as demons, but also right when they get killed, and so it's kind of inconsistent. I don't think it's inconsistent, but I don't know that we have all the information of when their marks glow, because is it just like they can make it glow whenever? It definitely, it seems to glow before they get dusted by Peacemaker. No. But why it glows otherwise, we don't really have a consistent uniting theme yet. Right. And, like, how come his is on his back and is not his forehead? Because yes, he's the, the leader seen. and he's evil. I don't know. <laughs> but I had a question about that end scene when he makes the deal with Doc Holliday. Doc drags the uh, other revenant outside of the um, Levi. Levi outside of the border and leaves him chained up there. That made me confused about the beginning of the episode when they're tracking Red in the city. Is that still within the borders of um, Purgatory? No, they implied that it wasn't. But then, if he's a revenant, how does he get outside those borders? Can't they not leave Purgatory? Did we they establish that? I don't know. Because Bobo <laughs> does say something about not being able to leave the triangle or something exactly. like that, right? Yeah. And it's because Levi got gets dragged over this border, whatever it is, that the thing happens. But yeah, we don't know where that triangle is. Yeah. So maybe whatever the other town is, is within this triangle. I mean, I have no idea. I wasn't sure if the line that he dragged him over was maybe on the Earp's land, and that's why he was frying. Mm. I was wondering that too. Yeah, because they had, by that point, they had removed the talisman, which I liked that when Waverly threw the talisman and suddenly the guy went flying backward. That was neat. Mm -hmm. But when she threw it, I was like, wouldn't you want to hang on to that? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to maybe lock it up in a safety deposit box outside of, you know, the ranch? But but why? Because now they know what it is. And it had, apparently Bobo had Waverly do it because it had to be an ERP to do it. I guess that's fair. But then I, I, they would at least know where it was and be like, future generations, don't, don't bury that anywhere. <laughs> but fair point. Fair point. Just tell future generations, see this thing? Don't bury this on our land. <laughs> Things not to plant on our land. You can bury Pikachu, but not... Not vertebrae bound with steel wire or whatever it was. I liked that plot development in this episode that we find out that Waverly had a hand in what happened to their family. Because clearly from the pilot episode, that was something that Winona had really been bearing by herself all these years and i mean it's kind of like yay now they both get to share in the guilt but i you know it, <laughs> right. it hopefully will bring them together a little bit you know waverly was talking about at the end that she had been blaming winona but this kind of gave her some new perspective on what happened yeah i like that that yep. came up in the conversation and bonded them even more but it wasn't waverly's fault didn't she just plant the spine thingy because bobo told her to yeah, I mean, she was six. Yeah. She, you know, she didn't know the difference, yeah. but she, she still like indirectly, yeah, exactly, was contributed to what happened. But I mean, it's not like Winona intentionally shot their father. Exactly. You know? right. Same, same deal as what we're same saying. Same deal. Because mm -hmm. those poor kids, I know. poor cursed kids. But now at least they have their homestead back. That's going to be revenant free, so they'll stop getting attacked everywhere, and they'll be together. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, it won't be decorated too pink. And <laughs> 
Yeah, too pink, too much pink is, does not fly well with me. <laughs> that that was probably my favorite part when when Doll said that he, or she was flying a big pink jack and she was like, "Pink? I know. Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> no other piece of his criticism landed. Just the fact that she would have been flying a pink jet. Well, why does it have to be pink, dolls? Yeah, really. <laughs> what makes you think that she's a girl that likes pink? She's not Barbie. Why would her jet be pink? And just because she's a woman doesn't mean that her jet would be pink, dolls. Don't be so sexist. I guess it couldn't have been an invisible jet, though. I know. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Waverly's jet would probably be pink, yeah, but yeah. not Winona's. Not Winona's, no. But I feel like Waverly's jet would have, like, a holder for her shotgun. That was a moment that I really liked in this episode where Winona was trying to be protective of her little sister, which is understandable. But when she said, you know, the guy who was coming after them was one of the people who took their father and Willa, Waverly, like, got the shot yeah. shotgun and was like, if that ticket tries to... <laughs> I thought the sisters had some really nice moments this episode, besides the, you know, oh, I love it when you say ticket line and, and that whole little bit i also liked when they were sitting around the campfire together and it was yeah. all very sisterly and jammy pants and slippers and but it, I, it was so funny because because the scene got so dark when you know killer mike killer miller <laughs> yeah when killer mike killer miller came around i didn't realize until it got light after winona said it sent him back to hell that they were still in their pajamas which is pretty adorable. And she's got, you know, her foot on Levi's chest with her moccasin slippers. Slipper. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so funny, which I think is great because it's like, you know, against archetype. Oh, yeah, we're going to take down the guys, you know, the bad guys in our pajamas. I mean, who does that? Until she was threatening Levi, I actually didn't realize that they were wearing pajamas. I know. But then I was like, wait, is she wearing jammy pants? Those look like jammy pants. <laughs> it was hilarious. I thought they were probably pajamas because, you know, plaid pants. Yeah. But I wasn't totally sure until, yeah, there's a shot of slippers. And I was that was one of the greatest moments of the episode for it me. It was, yeah. yeah. I guess the other bit of mythology that we got this episode, besides their land being protected by the Amalite, is the fact that the revenants cannot pick up the peacemaker. So that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, because it kind of saved Winona's butt. Yeah, that was not looking good for them. Yeah. Can I say, though, how much I enjoyed Gus in that scene? Because she's like the mom. <laughs> she's like, no weapons at the table. And then she, and then she's chastising Winona language. And then two seconds later, get away from my girls, you nutsack. <laughs> it's just with the, like, the electric knife buzzing. <laughs> it was just yep. great. Well, I mean, she clearly is there. Maternal figure. Yeah, but yeah. I can't. She's their I like Gus a lot, too. I can't so. wait to see more from her. I like her. Me, too. I continue to really like the special effects that they use for the Peacemaker when it glows as yeah, she that's really cool. is killing the revenants. I really like that. And I liked the bullet, glowy bullet holes in Killer Miller mm -hmm. when she finally was able to shoot him. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I really liked the special effects this episode. And I love when the, you know, when Red disappears, clean up on aisle three. <laughs> and Gus sounds so disgusted. She's like, Fine. I'll get a towel or cloth. It's like, make yeah. me do it. <laughs> but at least it didn't leave like a gaping hole to hell. It's really convenient that the hole disappears <laughs> and doesn't leave a big ass hole in the middle of shorties. So she dusted two revenants this episode for sure, because we saw the whole glowy getting sucked into hell thing. So that's three down, 74 to go ish. 
I like how you just keep referring to it as dusted. <laughs> just like super <laughs> casually. She dusted them. Yeah. <laughs> it it I'm I'm going back to my Buffy days. I can't help it. I know. <laughs> we also got quite a bit more about Doc Holliday slash Henry slash Hank this episode. He of many Why does names. He has so many names, it's confusing me. Well, Hank is a nickname of Henry, and Henry is his first name. But was Henry historically Doc Holliday's first name? I think so. Okay. It would be weird if it isn't. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> thought it was a pseudonym or something. Nope. John Henry Doc Holliday. Uh, okay. But yeah, I'm confused about him because he's not a revenant. And then when Levi and Doc were getting Killer Miller out from his little hidey hole cave, they had to use the blood of a mortal. But it sounds like he's a long-lived mortal. I don't know. What is he, do you think? We don't have enough information yet. Yeah. He is a long-live, potentially immortal man. That's my guess. There was reference to him having been... I forget the word that they used. Cursed or changed or... Changed. I think it was changed. Yeah, it was changed. Oh, yeah. yeah the, so, the woman who changed you. Yeah, so there was a woman who changed him. And he's now apparently going after her for revenge. You know what my theory was on that? Could totally be, be wrong. My theory is, what if it's the Earp's mom? Because... They say she left, so I don't know. I'm just throwing crap out there, and who knows? It's probably wrong. Mm. But then she would have had to be very long-lived, yeah, too. Yeah, I don't know. but Which isn't impossible. But. Yeah, it just popped in my head. It's probably totally off. Yeah. No, I don't blame you, though, because there's whenever where somebody who left or somebody where it's like, they're dead, but we haven't seen a body, mm -hmm. I always am prepared for them to come back in some way when it comes to fantasy to storytelling. Well, that's the right? thing, too, is that Willa... Is she really dead, or did she just get dragged off? Yeah. Is she going to come back and be, like, an agent against the herbs because she's, you know, it's personal when it comes to Willow. But then would, hmm. would uh, Winona still Winona be the error? Oh, I did get an answer on that, because I tweeted that while the episode was airing, and Melanie Scrafano replied to me, and she said there is one heir per generation. So, Winona is it. Yeah, but if Willa comes back, does that mean Willa's the heir, or... No, because there's one per generation. So it would have been Winona no matter what, despite the fact that- That was Lil my follow-up question that she didn't answer, was does that mean that Winona was destined to be the heir all along, or would Willa have been the heir if she had made it to her 27th birthday, because presumably she was killed when she was young? Yeah, well, we can keep pestering Emily for that, too. I'll, I'll keep asking Melanie Scrafano and see what she yeah. says. <laughs> Oh, I was also excited to see that Waverly is getting to also be a Black Badge consultant. Yeah. At the yes. End of this episode. Waverly is so excited about it. A, I'm excited she didn't about get it. a badge. Yeah. I hope she gets a badge. No. She'll she'll get a, a laminate. <laughs> <laughs> Could be shredded at any moment. But yeah, her uh, research is very helpful in the heat of battle. But now that she doesn't have her book that uh, Doc Holliday threw away. Oh, I was so mad I about know. that. Like, Waverly worked so hard, and it just gets taken by Killer I Mike. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I hope they find it later. Jeez. But I did have to say, that scene where Doc was rummaging through her stuff, he looked really, really funny in a hoodie. <laughs> it just made me giggle. He, just, he, he did look so out of place yeah. in that. Which, I mean, I'm sure was the goal. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder why he doesn't dress to blend in a little bit more often. He started to at the end of this episode. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. But I think in that kind of town in Purgatory, you'd fit in more with a bunch of, you know, for lack of a better word, redneck looking biker revenants wearing fur and 
you know, driving Harleys. and That was the other thing. I was a little confused by the costume choice for Bobo. He kind of looked like an extra that wandered off of Vikings yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> or Game of Thrones. I mean. <laughs> With the hair and the fur coat thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm getting Viking vibes now that you mention it, too. Yeah, yeah. But, like, rock star Viking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's an interesting mix of costumes with... Most of the revenants were looking like bikers and Doc Holliday looking like, you know, Doc Holliday does historically and all the herbs dressing in more modern day clothing. Winona's got her leather jacket with her fringe. It's an interesting, interesting mix. Speaking of clothes, I was surprised slash pleased to see a repeat of wardrobe already because Waverly was wearing the same shirt that we saw her wear in the pilot episode. I like it when TV shows repeat clothes, but it's surprising to see them do it so yeah. quickly. It's always surprising to me that shows don't do that more because like, you can spend your budget on other things then. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's more realistic. Right. That That's very true. Your, char yeah. your characters wear clothes over and over mm -hmm. again. I get that they want to keep it visually interesting, but you know, you can have a decent sized wardrobe and reuse pieces. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So some other things in this episode that made me happy. I, I liked that uh, Winona would have been more impressed had the Black Badge Division been established by Eleanor Roosevelt rather than Teddy. <laughs> that was that was a good line. Eleanor? Teddy. <laughs> and since we're talking <laughs> about that scene, just like, like Melanie Scrofano's face oh is my God. possibly the greatest asset this show has. I was just about to say that. <laughs> She's very expressive. You know, in the opening scene in the car with dolls. You know, same kind of thing. Those dimples and the way she manipulates her face is just so funny. But, like, Melody Scrufano's face and Emily Andrus's dialogue, and I'm happy. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> Pure gold. I never blow jobs without a please first. That got a good laugh uh -huh. out of me. <laughs> Even though it did not amuse dolls. <laughs> oh, another line I really liked was, uh, I believe it was Winona was talking about something being high on the disturbo meter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was talking about Killer Mike. I've just given up, and I'm going to call him Killer Mike. Killer Miller. <laughs> Killer Miller. <laughs> I will counter your killer mics with killer I'm Millers. so confused. Okay. Well, she was talking about him and how he was absorbing shadows or absorbing light and right. he's made of shadow, et cetera, et cetera. High on the disturbometer. Or as I like to say, disturbometer. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds kind of dirty. I thought it was interesting toward the end of the episode, they made it clear that Waverly had figured out that Holiday, Doc Holiday was the one who had stolen stuff from her room. But she was kind of like, oh, it's okay. He brought most of it back. He's fine. Why does she think that he's such a good guy? She has I don't nothing know. to base it on. I don't know. No. I, I don't understand why she's so trusting, generally, but particularly what of him. his relationship? Why does he want to replace their mailbox and just to get close to them to spy on them for the revenants? Or I'm suspicious of that mailbox. I'm suspicious of <laughs> Doc Holliday. Because his motives are not clear. It's a spying oh. mailbox. I've been watching watching Person of Interest too, Chris. I understand where you're coming <laughs> okay, from. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but since we're talking about that scene, can we talk about how attractive <laughs> Tim Roslin is as Doc Holliday? Specifically in that scene? Yeah, he looked good in that yeah, shirt. he did. And Champ's jeans, apparently. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, and why is Waverly still dating Champ? I don't know. I don't him know. Cheating on her with her sister, Waverly, yeah. that girl. <laughs> I know. And I mean, at least they addressed it in the episode, right? Yeah. Because Winona's like, why is she with that guy? Yeah. yeah. Champ gets dumped soon. It's just, eh. Maybe Officer Hot will up her game. Yeah. And uh, tone down the creepy undertones. Whatever. To right. Her <laughs> undertones are fine with me. Her overtones. But I don't know. I just thought it was funny that... Uh, <laughs> 
you know, Champ's driving by with, uh, Champ's driving by with Waverly. And she's like, woo, love you. And Winona just gives her a face. And a little wave. <laughs> I did like that Waverly is just like, I love you. How old is she supposed to be, Waverly? Uh, 21. 21. Because okay. they said 12 right. and 6. And Winona right. just turned 27. So mm-hmm. 21. I would have pecked her to be a little bit younger. She's, uh, maybe just because she's so open hearted and trusting. No. But I would have pecked her to be under 20. Sometimes people maintain their... They're innocent spirits, Stephanie. Yeah. Not me. Not I know. Me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody's as crushed by crushed. the world as we are. <laughs> and as mean and efficient as Stephanie. <laughs> so some of the questions that we had after last week's episode were, were answered. Like I mentioned, we mentioned previously, there is apparently only one heir per generation. So Winona's it. Nobody else is going to become heir from her little sister cohort. And... We were asking where Purgatory was located, and I think our friend Rebecca said that it's probably located in Alberta. Right. Emily Andrus was talking about – well, we know it was filmed in Alberta. Right. And Emily Andrus was talking about how – Alberta specifically, and that it's the Montana of Canada. Well, it's interesting mm-hmm. because I was trying to look at the close-up of Officer Hot's card that she gave Waverly, and it's like, Purgatory, Police Department – such and such county. Probably just made up a fake county name. I have to go back and look at it. So I was trying to get clues on location. And then we were also wondering if revenants die when they are killed with a gun besides Peacemaker. And this episode seems to suggest no, that the only way to kill them is a shot between the eyes by the Peacemaker. Right. You can injure them, but not kill them. So there are some of our thoughts about the second episode of Winona Earp. If you have thoughts about this episode of the show or of the podcast, go ahead and send them to us. You can do that in a number of ways. You can send us an email to feedback at askgenretv.com. You can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. You can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Or you can get in touch with us on Twitter at AskGenreTV. Finalysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. We have podcasts for Lost Girl and Orphan Black and Killjoys and some other things. You can find all of those at AskGenreTV.com. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Chris. And I'm Annie. And I'm Stephanie. Thanks for listening. <laughs>